0: It is a joy for me to be with you this morning in David's absence. It is always good to come to Fettville First United Methodist Church and be with you good people. So I consider it a high honor to be here this morning, and I appreciate David so much for giving me the privilege. Let me push this back a little. Our scripture lessons are printed there on the front of your bulletin, where you stand for the reading as Abel First from the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. And then in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 12 and 13. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. Now faith, hope, and love abides, these three, and the greatest of these is love. And then the gospel lesson, Matthew 23, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Congratulations. You are a survivor. You survived the year 2016 with all of its pains and problems, with all of its headaches and heartaches and heartbreaks why you even surprise, survive the 2016 presidential election you made it you are a survivor 2016 what a year it was it was a roller coaster year with all of its ups and downs it was a mixture of blessings and burdens births and deaths joys and sorrows and laughter and tears What are you going to do now with the past year? We can remember it. We can learn from it and profit from it. We can confess the sins of it. But we cannot relive it. It is gone and gone forever. The year 2016 is now part of history, it is only a memory. The best thing that we can do with the past is to commit it into the hands of God and leave it there. The year 2016 died last night at midnight. And as the old year was dying, the birth of a new year was taking place. So I asked you, what are your plans for the new year? What are your goals? A few months ago, there was a sign out in front of one of the local businesses here in town. And on the sign were the words, A goal without a plan is only wishful thinking. So I asked you, do you have any plans on the drawing board of your mind? When making plans for the future, be sure to choose the path that falls in the shadow of the cross. It will be the path less traveled, but it will be the path most blessed. The new year, 2017, has arrived, but don't let it frighten you. The future is as bright as the promises of God. Remember, when the future arrives, God will already be here. Or only God can make time. The poet said, Standing in the dim unknown is God keeping watch over His own. There are no challenges, there are no needs that you face this year that God's grace can't meet. The Apostle Paul said, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches. In glory. I find great comfort in the words of that old hymn, no matter what may be the test, God will take care of you. Knowing that takes the fear out of the future. So I say to you, don't let the future frighten you. The year 2017 is like a journey It will take us 365 days to complete. There are three things that we need to take with us on the journey for this year and for the years that are to follow. The Apostle Paul tells us what those three important things are that we need for the journey of life. Paul said, now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Let's look at those three important things. First, Paul mentioned faith. According to the dictionary, faith is belief. It is trust. It is complete confidence. It is a strong conviction. Faith must have an object. Every time we mail a letter, we are expressing faith in the postal system. Every time we plant a seed, we are expressing faith in nature. And every time you say a prayer, you are expressing faith that God will hear and answer. As Christians, our faith is centered in God. In God we trust. Faith, with it you can move mountains, without it you cannot please God. Our faith doesn't exempt us from the storms of life. Our faith doesn't isolate us from the hardships of life. Both saints and sinners get sick and suffer and die. Our faith will not exempt us nor isolate us from the difficult things of life. But our faith will sustain us during those difficult times of life. Someone said Christians have invisible support. We do. We have God power and Holy Spirit power. We do have invisible support. And how many times have we said, I couldn't have made it without my faith in God. Faith, it is not about everything turning out okay. Faith is about being okay regardless of how things turn out. Dr. Pierce Harris was pastor of First Church Atlanta for many, many years. One day, Dr. Harris and Mrs. Harris were returning back to Atlanta from a revival service. There was an accident, and Mrs. Harris was killed in the accident. A few weeks later, Dr. Harris received a letter from a friend in South Georgia. And in the letter, Dr. Harris, in the letter, the friend wrote these words. I hope you will not throw your faith on the scrap pile of life now that this difficult thing has happened to you. And Dr. Harris replied to the letter, by saying, why should I throw my faith on the scrap pile of life when it is my faith and only my faith that can help me get through this difficult time in life? Faith, it's necessary for our salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. I like to think of it as faith is the pipeline through which the grace of God flows from the heart of God into our heart. Saved by grace through faith. May our prayer this year be, Lord, increase my faith. And may our theme song be, I'm living by faith and I feel no alarm. Paul said, faith, you need it. The second thing he mentioned was hope. Hope is a beautiful little word. It's easy to pronounce. It sounds good to the ear. Hope beautiful little word but we have taken that word and we have reduced its meaning to just wishful thinking we say i hope we have fried chicken for lunch today or i hope my ball team wins today but in the new testament in the new testament the word hope means to anticipate with confident expectations hope is the first cousin to faith Hope is necessary. Someone said you could live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, but only about a minute without hope. Hope is necessary. A man was having serious surgery. It was to begin, surgery was to begin at 8 o'clock. His wife and son arrived at the hospital at 6 o'clock in the morning to be with him as long as they could before surgery started. They stayed with him until they came to take him to the surgery. They kissed him goodbye and said, we'll be in the waiting room now waiting for you when surgery is over. The wife and son went to the waiting room to begin the long wait. As soon as they got into the waiting room, the son said to his mother, mother, now we know the doctor said it's going to be four or five hours. Now, let's go down to the cafeteria and get something to eat. And the mother said, oh, no, son, I'm not hungry. I just don't have an appetite. I couldn't eat if it was before me. I just don't want anything to eat. You go, but, but I don't want anything to eat. And the son said, no, mother, I'm not going to leave you. I'll stay with you. About an hour passed, and he said, mother, now, let's, let's go and get just a bite to eat. And again, she said, oh, no, no, I'm just not hungry. I just don't have an appetite. I, I, I just don't want anything to eat. Well, another hour passed, and he said, Mother, could I go down and get a Chick-fil-A for you and bring it up? You need to eat something. And she said, no, I have no appetite. I don't want anything to eat. I couldn't eat if you have it here before me. Well, after a while, the surgery was over, and the doctor came out, and he said to the wife and to the son. I think we got it all. I think he's going to be all right. I think we got it all. And then he talked with him a little bit and then the doctor walked on down the hall. The mother, the wife, she looked at her son and said, let's go get something to eat. I'm about to starve to death. <laughs> now what had changed the doctor had given her a little bit of hope. When he said, I think we got it all, he gave her just a little bit of hope. Never destroy a person's hope. It may be all he or she has to hold on to. My prayer for us as we begin this new year is found in Romans 15, verse 17, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May you overflow with hope. That's my wish and prayer for you this year. And then the third thing that Paul mentioned is love. He said, The greatest of these is love. Jesus spoke a lot about love. He said, It's the greatest commandment of them all. It is a command, not a good suggestion. A command. Jesus tells us who to love. He said, Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said, Love your enemies. Nobody left out of the circle of love. But Jesus not only told us who to love, he told us how to love. He said, love one another as I have loved you. We are to love others the way Jesus loves us. Love. Jesus not only told us who to love and how to love, he not only gave us a commandment to love, he lived a perfect example of love for us to follow, a perfect life of love, and he said, come and follow me. A group of students, elementary students, ages about four to eight or nine, We're asked to complete the sentence, love is. One little boy said, love is when my mother makes a cup of coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip of it before she gives it to him to make sure it tastes okay. (laughs) Another one said, love is when a teenage girl puts on perfume. And a teenage boy puts on shaving cologne, and they go out and smell one another. (laughs) Uh, Another one said, love is when a girl tells a boy that she likes his shirt, and he wears that shirt every day thereafter. (laughs) I like this one. Love is when grandmother got arthritis. And can no longer paint her toenails. So Granddaddy paints them for her, though he has arthritis too. <laughs> Love makes us do strange things. Love makes us do strange things. I was sent to Fayetteville as senior minister in June of 1901. 19, 19, uh, what year was it, 1983? That seems so long ago, so long ago. It has been a long time, but, but we came in June of that year. I had served in Faith Church up in Smyrna for seven years, and we had some deep friendships there with the people there at Faith. And, and now it was December of that year, our first Christmas here at the First. I remember it was a Saturday during Christmas season, there in the Parsonage, my wife and I, and we were talking about, we were talking about our old friends, you know, at Christmas time, you think about your old friends, and we were talking about our old friends at Faith Church, and we were missing them, we talked about a lady named Lois, who was a senior citizen, and She was more than just a church member. She was more like a part of our family. We loved her dearly. Lois had more than her share of problems. Her husband was sick for years before he died, and she was the primary caregiver. She had two children, a son and a daughter. Both of their marriages failed. Her only son... Died at middle age, suddenly from a heart attack. She helped to raise all of her grandchildren, and they were always in and out of trouble. She had more than her share of the troubles in life. But Lois always kept the faith, always had a positive attitude toward life, always had a smile on her face. Lois was so easy to love. We were thinking about Lois and talking about her, and and I said to my wife, I think I will call Lois and sing that song to her. I just called to say I love you. I just called to say I care. I just called to say I love you, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. And Ann said, I dare you to do it. (laughs) You see, Ann knew I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I don't know one note from another. So she said, I dare you to do it. And that was just like saying, sick them to a bulldog. <laughs> so I went over to the phone and dialed Lois's number. Now this was before the time that we had telephones that would tell you who's calling and, and give you the, the number of who's calling. So Lois had no idea of who was calling. She answered the phone, hello. I just started singing, I just called to say I love you, I just called to say how much I care, I just called to say I love you, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Well, there was a long pause. (laughs) I thought, Lois is speechless. She's never heard such beautiful music. And then Lois spoke, and what she said I will never forget. She said, Gary Parish, are you drunk? (laughs) (laughs) Love will make us do strange things. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus said, greater love hath no man than this, than that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And Paul said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Love will make you do strange things. Love defines who we are. Jesus said, by your love, all people will know that you're one of my disciples. By your love. Mother Teresa died on September the 5th, 1997, at the age of 87. She made the world a better place by her presence in it. She ministered to the poor and to the dying people in Calcutta and other places around the world. The last words that Mother Teresa spoke on earth were, Jesus, I love you. Good way to leave this world, isn't it? Jesus, I love you. And we all knew she did by the life she lived. The greatest legacy that we can leave our children is the legacy of love and caring. Love. Make it your high school. Make it your number one priority. Make it your greatest ambition. Make it your life's purpose. Love. There was a minister. Every time he would come to the end of the service before he would pronounce the benediction, he would look at his congregation and say, God loves each of you. Now you love him back. I say to you this morning, God loves each of you, He has His eye on each of you. Because he loves you so much, he can't take his eyes off you. Now you love him back. And Paul said, now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Thanks be to God. Amen.